Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2002 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am as always a legion for we are many and with me the many. Hi, I'm Sybil, the manyest. <laughs> I'm Adam, the many-er. You, you can just call me, you can just call me Alexander, that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. hello, hi, we have a guest. Hi. Tell us about yourself, guest. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so my name is, uh, Alexandra, um, I'm known to be a sort of semi-professional, uh, musician, um, I'm, Excited to be on this episode of this podcast uh, because the list of stuff you guys have got down to cover uh, basically looks like my iPod from when I was 14. So um, when I found out, I was like, wow, okay, yes, I'll do that. That's great. Um, So yeah, I'm a musician. I also have my own podcast um, with a friend where we talk about... um, also early 2000s stuff, although we focus on early 2000s uh, flash animations from Newgrounds and such, um, spanning between like 2001 to like 2010-ish, although we break our rules all the time. Um, as you should. As you should. You should always break your own rules on the podcast. And I've done um, video game Let's Play stuff over on my VNDLP channel, um, which is probably what I'm most known well, well known for, but... Yeah, I'm I'm really psyched to uh, talk about this album uh, and uh, <laughs> see what you guys are going to say. It's a really interesting album. I wasn't expecting this album. This is unique. Mm. I don't know if I like it, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely not what I was expecting. Hello. Hi, everyone. We're talking about Does This Look Infected by Sam 41, which is... An incredibly Rock Against Bush album, I guess. Uh-huh. Like, it's an incredibly post-9-11 album. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah. what Sybil, you said that I would not expect your opinion on this album. Sybil, talk us about it. I am generally quite positive on this. Although, I think it has Two Worlds Two Syndrome, which is when you take something that's memorable and has a lot of rough edges, and you polish it up for the sequel, but... You only polish it into complete mediocrity. (laughs) There are no flaws to remember. It is smooth to the point of being a challenge to distinguish some of the middle tracks. And only when it really steps on a rake does it win me back because of the sheer (laughs) Euro jank in musical form. Also now everyone in Sum 41 is dressed very skimply and has giant boobs, which is... The thing I remember from Two Worlds 2, I think, there was just like... <laughs> oh, yeah, the titty big pirate. Big lady on... Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't know if I agree. I think this is very unique. 
All but I'm I, saying I guess, is that... I guess, you would, I, I guess you would like it. It does sound a lot like SR-71, which makes sense why they, they ended up in a blood feud eventually. <laughs> All I'm saying is that on their last album, if you accidentally hit back on the wrong track, the final boss spawns and falls through the world, so you beat the album. On this one, you have to go through everything, and there's some really dull side quests in the center. It's padding. It's only 30 minutes also. Yeah. Okay, let's... Mm. Um, let us... I don't know, let us talk about what happened between the last record of Sun 31 and this one. Um, yeah, let's do... Adam, Adam, say it, say something, Adam. What, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> I don't know. Say some. Uh, we need. We need a transition. Oh. Uh. I thought that was the whole purpose of everyone on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. There you go. So we did already mention that some 41 actually gets bonus good guy points because of that time they hucked things at SR-71 and got beat up by security. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't know about this, so um, reading that was... Uh, I'm not really surprised, but also um, that's fucking hilarious. That's amazing. Yes. It's, it's, that's great. That's great. No, we're not the only one to hate SR-71. Some 41 is with us. <laughs> I actually like the band. Yes, but you're cancelled, Sybil. This is the second podcast today I've been cancelled on. <laughs> you're cancelled on every one of our episodes, Sybil. You know, if you get cancelled and then get cancelled again on a different podcast, the two cancellations cancel out and you're uncancelled. That's how I can keep bringing up Zoo until it becomes an odd number of podcasts. Alexandra, are you familiar with Zoo? <laughs> Stop it, Sib. <laughs> it's a great documentary. Okay, uh, I'm not familiar, but... I think um... I wasn't here for this joke. <laughs> Zoo is a documentary about people who are very fond of their animals. All right, I don't think I need to hear any more of that. <laughs> so, after the big mainstream success of all killer, no filler... <laughs> See, I woke Ellie up. Sam 41 was shot into pop punk stardom and started touring with acts such as Blink 182 and the then still relevant offspring. It was 2002. They will get worse. Um, you know, as it was the style at the time, the band spent the, most of the time between uh, All Killer, all, all Killer, No Filler. I missed Yeah, that. All Killer, No Filler. I mean, we did, we did make the joke. Uh, all filler, no killer. When we reviewed no, that no, one, no, no, no. Let, let's give it some words. I made the joke: some filler, some killer. I thought the That's... record was <laughs> mostly good with a couple of misses. Um, yeah, but they're basically they start touring full time until their next record. Even even go to Europe for a while. That 
given they come from, as they mentioned in the in their songs, a country so small, like Canada, <laughs> that must have been <laughs> cool for them to go to Europe. Definitely bigger than Canada. SR-71, some 41, duke it out in Tennessee, 9.25, p.m. Eastern. SR-71 may be pretty, but other bands apparently shouldn't call them pretty boys to their faces. The band's crew and possibly members of the band itself were involved in an altercation with members of Sum 41 in a Tennessee hotel after the singer of Sum 41 made disparaging remarks about SR-71 frontman Mitch Allen. Both bands performed at BuzzFest 2000 in Nashville on September 14th. During Sum 41's set, its singer, Derek, a.k.a. Busy D, took a few pot shots at Allen by questioning the SR-71 singer's sexuality and playing the band's hit Right Now with altered lyrics. Reports from the Sum 41 camp say that Sum 41 offered SR-71 a beer back at the hotel as a peace offering after hearing they were offended. It was refused, then Derek and Allen proceeded to duke it out. SR-71 tells a different story. According to Allen and crew, they were in the hotel bar when a member of Sum 41 got into their faces with a video camera. Only after Sum 41 singer spit on the shoes of SR-71 sound band and a girl at the bar did a fight occur. The SR-71 crew gave the singer and drummer for Sum 41 a beating, but a statement by the band's publicist says at no time were the members of SR-71 involved in the fight. An interesting sideline to this whole incident, Greg Norrie, Sum 41's manager, is a member of Treble Charger, dropped by RCA Records, SR-71's label. Darren Davis, New York, reporting. This reporting is from an Angel Fire website in plain HTML, which somehow is still up, which obviously makes it official and accurate. <laughs> I, I don't know which story to believe, because they both sound believable. Both, both stories sound like they could have happened. Yeah, Who um, says they didn't both? Let's I mean, rush yeah, them on this. They totally <laughs> could have both happened. That's very easy. Oh, wow. SR-71, Sum 41 centrism here. Well, it's not mutually exclusive. The Sum 41 claim is they went back to the hotel and offered them a beer, and SR-71 says that the fight occurred at the hotel bar. I think neither happened. They're covering up a bigger conspiracy here, obviously. <laughs> oh, no. I think whatever's the case, everyone stood up and clapped afterwards. Uh-huh. Definitely. There we go. And that band, that band was Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> that band was the offspring, and they went on to make a hot sauce. <laughs> yes, that is their legacy in this world. It is for me. And it's not hit that. Um, no, no, we'll have to talk about that one. <laughs> but yeah, after standard touring, the band goes back for their follow-up record of This Looks Infected, and so on and so on. Uh, Alexandra, do you have any cool stories from this year of Sum 41? You did mention that you were really into the mm. band at this time. Do you uh, have anything cool on the, on the uh, spot? With on unprepared, the... because that is what I do to my co-host. That's, that's cool. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I will be totally honest and say I didn't actually officially start properly listening to Sum 41 until about 2006-2007. So this album was, and all the pre of the previous ones were all well and truly out um, by the time that I started listening to them. So um, the only kind of thing that I can tell you um, about this album that you might not already know is that 
after this album was released, they've actually do- gone back and done uh, two of the songs off of this album. They did like uh, acoustic versions for the Japan only release of the third album, which came, well, or fourth, depending on how you look at it, Shock, which you guys will, of course, get to, which I'm excited for. Um, and also, last year, um, the lead singer, um, he did a <laughs> a sad piano version of the Hell song, which oh, is no. very funny. Oh, no. And he also did a, a sad acoustic version of uh, Still Waiting as well. That happened last year. And uh, let me get the... Uh, it says it comes live from Studio Mr. Biz. Okay, then. Oh my god, we're covering a lot of Sum 41 records looking at the chart. <laughs> Excellent. Welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Band, a Sum 41 perspective. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the worst band we've have. Oh, not nearly. Sum 41 are right. <laughs> Look, we're two records in, and it's like, you know what? They are 30 minutes. That's like mm-hmm. two... If, you're t- if your record is under 40 minutes, that's already like two stars by default. Mm. You can only go better from there. They're going to start getting up to 50 minutes. Yeah. Yes, well, they are. Well. we'll burn those bridges when we get to them. Right now we're talking about this album. I would argue that they do get better as time goes on, although... You just mentioned Screaming Bloody Murder, and that that album's got some questionable choices on it. But how many slurs? <laughs> oh, there's no slurs. Okay, there's no slurs. It's just uh, there are a couple of stinkers on there. Look, we're in pop punk land where questionable decisions mean something entirely different than a bad track. That is very, very fair. That is completely fair. <laughs> there's a reason we start with why are these people horrible. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Greg Nauer is producing the band again, this time also officially credited as their manager. Uh, the band says about this record, I guess I watched too much CNN while making this record. Also, I guess I'm getting older. When you're young, you have an excuse to be stupid, but as you grow up, it's good to learn about everything that's going on. They're 21 and 22. I looked. That's younger than I am. <laughs> I guess I'm getting old. I can drink now. I can't rent a car yet. Listen, if you're younger than the podcast, baby, then you are still a child, I think. I think that's a rule. And yeah, the record also feature a DVD named Cross the Teeth and Gouge Your Eyes, which contain more metal parody stuff and skits. I wanted to watch this, but then I fell asleep. So everyone who watched this, please talk about it. <laughs> oh, I got to the second skit and I couldn't because it started out in a documentary format talking about, yeah, this is clearly what they were fans of and some of their influence. And then they can't allow themselves to be sincere for more than about 30 seconds at a time. So it gets very... But that was then, and this is now. And then they start treating things like they are comedians. And um, I think that works in the limited doses that are in some of the videos for this album, but doesn't quite fit 
overall. They are not comedians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are uh, not funny. At, at this given point in time, at least, not funny. They did make me laugh one or two times with the videos. We'll get there. Yeah. The skits that are actually intended to be non-produced, joking around that you're going to find relatable forever, maybe not so much. I would love to hear what the band thinks rewatching that now. Oh, boy. Yeah, the single releases for, released for the album are still waiting, the health song, and over my head. While they all get excellent play in the alternative charts, none of them really replicate the main, mainstream success of the previous record. Still waiting is the most successful one, but it only really reaches the bubbling under the Hot 100 Billboard chart. For what it's worth, I did know that one prior to hearing this record today. Oh yeah, I think that's the main song that I knew them for, because that, even like a couple years later, like I must have been like 12 or whatever, that was still getting like somehow good play on MTV. In Europe, at least, which is interesting, but I didn't know that video, the still waiting video. Uh, nonetheless, the record is this okay commercially. Like, it tops at 32 on the Billboard album chart, and it's not, you know, a failure by any means. And with this, we can talk about Does This Look Infected? 2002, sophomore Sam 41 record. We start with whatever is the song that we start with. Oh, the Hell Song. The Hell Song is the song number one, yeah. Yeah, the Hell Song, host of uh, podcast Alab. I don't know. I don't understand the joke. Everybody's got their problems. Everybody says the same thing to you. It's just a matter how you solve them. And knowing how to change the things you've been through. I feel I've come to realize how fast life can be compromised. My first note on this is, oh god, so that's that's always a good sign. <laughs> what's what's the good sign? The, I mean, the first thing that you notice about this song is that the verse is How You Remind Me by Nickelback. Am I the only one who noticed this? I did not notice, though. I, I think I saw that, that note that you made there. Uh, I c- no, that one I didn't pick up on. No, 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 I kind of no, 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 no. get it. But it's much more kind of upbeat than how you mind me was, I think. It it is, but like melodically, my brain went like, "Oh, I know this thing." Oh no, I know this thing. (laughs) Yeah, the 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 vocal melody does have its similarities for sure. Uh, But no, this is a better song than that. It has a fun riff and it has like some fun energy. It is definitely immediately like a different sound from. You know, the more straightforward pop-punky stuff of Sum 41. Like, this is very riff-driven, um, darker, definitely. This we're, Look, I, I don't know. This seems to me, and we'll get there, more influenced by, like, no effects and uh, yeah. bad religion and shit. But it also has that that vague aura that we're encountering a lot this year of pop punk where it's like you know linkin park happened and everyone went darker this year i guess that <laughs> might have just been 911 it's probably a little of 911 
It's probably that. Ellie, I have terrible news. Do you know why this got darker? Yeah? This song is about one of Derek Wibley's friends getting HIV. This is their gone away. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what the song's about. I was just gonna bring that up. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't really looked at the lyrics, but they they seem what I would expect by Sam 41 tackling, you know, darker topics, both for good and for bad. I don't think they're awful. They're, they're what they are. <laughs> They are 21 years old trying to talk about these topics, which is mm. not, you know, not the best, but they don't seem to fail particularly at any of it. Everyone on this album has stepped up their game. They're not international superstars, but they are better at what they're doing. They've got more practice. Vocals are better. Lyrics are better. Guitar is really ripping. Mm. Drummers is still there. <laughs> now are we going to talk about the video for this song i haven't watched the video please let's talk about it this was probably the funniest thing on the album because it is completely handled with all of them playing with a bunch of toys that are made to resemble them various musical acts all kinds of it goes wild. It starts out with really crappy little budget figures taped to tech decks, mm -hmm. jumping over things. Mm -hmm. Then they have a concert where there's a light bright behind them on stage, and they've taped their faces onto figures of races that do not match them, just for extra dissonance, with little handmade t-shirts. And it just keeps escalating up until the point where you have George Bush hugging a missile. And then... um Metallica chanting with signs in their audience, and then you get closer and see that it's, you know, no Napster down with CD recording, and all sorts of a weird time capsule of 2002. It's a it's a far cry from the the videos from the previous album, which are like, you know, really, really highly produced and like, you know, fit for, for MTV, whereas this is like, it's filmed on a camcorder. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. I'm watching this during sync and that's funny life. This is a pop culture capsule here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed this video. And then I found out what the song was about. And it's like, boy, that's a come yeah. down. It's a little <laughs> bit of a tonal whiplash. Just a little bit. <laughs> Feels a little bit like there are about two different things there. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> this record does have a lot of uh, ludonarrative dissonance, I have to say. Goddammit, uh... Ellie. <laughs> Thank you. Uh... But yeah, like a lot of the songs have, like tonally, they sound very different from what they're about. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna we we'll get there, and uh, I think it's the next song, whatever is the suicide song, which is just like incredibly upbeat, and it's like, oh, <laughs> I, I I I feel bad bopping my head to this. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, this is a good song. The sound is weird. The sound, I would describe it like it's a lot more alt-rocky. Um, it sounds in a way like, again, it sounds in a way like um, when Offspring does a serious song. But also it sounds, you know, a bit more alt-rocky. We're going to get more metal in the next song. I... Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sound in this record. Like the... It's a bit overwhelming, um, but no, no, this is fine. This is a good song. I enjoy this. 
Yeah, it's a plus. I think I, think I enjoy this. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still not... This record is weird. <laughs> That's his accurate assessment. I, I still... I, I will I'll put my hand up and say I still enjoy, I would say, probably about 80% of this of this record. A lot a lot of that is, I will say, like nostalgia-driven, but I'm doing my best to separate myself from that and just look at it from a purely sort of musician's analytical <laughs> perspective. But this song's good. I like this song. It's okay. I've never heard it before, but I decided that I really like this album, so it's probably not just the nostalgia. Oh, cool. I'm glad to know. <laughs> I'm good to hear. My thing is that part of what I say, this is good without knowing if this is good, is that this is very distinct. Like, mm. we have a podcast where a lot of the things that we cover are either horrifying or um, very samey. And this is very distinct. This is very much yeah. its own sound. And I'm not sure if I can decouple it. This is can decouple. This is different from I like this. So I'm like, this is different. I like this question mark <laughs> because it's it's new and it's different. So you're not sure what to think. I get you. Yeah, and also because different is good, but it's not good. Let's go to the next song. Um, <laughs> Ellie's in over her head. Next song is over my head. Better off dead. Nicely done. Thank you. I don't know. I first noticed this is very anime, which I don't remember the song much, but I guess what? it's very anime. <laughs> it's, it's I, cannot, anime. I can see this being being done with like an anime music video. In fact, I'm pretty sure I did see an anime music video with this song on top of it. To be fair, I'm not gonna say my thing now. Specifically, the guitar transition between the chorus and the verse is like sort of sounds like an anime opening. Uh, please say your thing, Adam. No, because I was going to be like, wow, I this was a song that made me go like, oh, maybe I'm going to really like this album. And now I just sound like a weeb. <laughs> but you are a weeb, and that's fine. It's okay. It's valid. Uh, I guess I know what one of their songs on an upcoming album is. Oh? There yeah. are a lot of AMVs to some 41s grab the devil by the horns and fuck him up the ass. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's from the uh, that's from the album that came before All Killer No Filler. Okay, that's a very that's the proto Sum Forty One album. I thought that was Lil Nas X song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, ninety percent. Like, let me get real deep in these, but pretty much everything I find using Sum Forty One is that song, Fat Lip, or Pain for Pleasure. Hmm. I don't see anything off this. However, I'm not going through 800 results. Oh, there's Naruto. Oh, we finally have something off this album when I get to uh, something using Sum 41 still waiting set to Dragon Ball Movie 13 Fist Explosion. If Goku won't do it, who will? <laughs> oh my so I guess that happens. Oh Hell yeah. I'm going to look that up later. I'll send Me it to too. You. Damn. Thank you. 
Uh, I don't even if this podcast. Um. <laughs> oh, uh, it has been down since 2006. Server not found. Oh. It was a 10 megabyte real media file. Damn. Uh, <laughs> oh, well. well. Sorry. Thank you for trying. Just how much, like, how much of the internet we have lost? Just think about it. Well, it is also animemusicvideos.org, where they didn't host things for a while. Yeah. Everything is lost, like tears in in the chocolate rain. Um, wow. That was a terrible nice. joke. <laughs> that was a, <sighs> probably the worst joke I ever did. You tried. <laughs> no, it's not. You're within five meters of me. I said the worst joke that I ever did. I, mean, I feel like it's a couple many, many, many miles from you, actually. Audibly. Look, we're all recording in the same room. That's the illusion of a podcast. That's the key, Fabe. Does that get me out of the United Kingdom? I'd quite like that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you... <laughs> honorably I don't even have a joke from that. I, I lived there for ten years. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm probably going to be here for the rest of my life. <laughs> I mean, I'd offer you a, a, a place here, but I mean, it's America, so like, yeah, pick your poison. Like weighing up the options between like rampant transphobia here or guns. Mm. Yes. Anyhow, over my head is uh, some 41 doing lits, my own worst enemy. It is actually... It is spot, spot fucking on, yeah. They they did uh, basically just do that, yeah. It is also like, again, like, this record is very different from the previous run. Like, there's not any of the direct, like, really funness of the previous record. This is harder. This is a bit darker. Yeah. No, it's... They're very, very serious on this one. It is. And it's a lot more... Pro it's a lot more produced. There's, like, a lot of more production on the voice, which is interesting. I don't think it's bad. Because, I'll be honest, some 41 singer dude isn't, like, an amazing vocalist. So, like, if you produce the voice a bit, that's fine. You're not losing a lot. You're giving mm. it maybe a bit more depth. Um, Texture. And I enjoy what the guitar is doing. Like, good riffs. Good riffs. The guitarist is really shredding on this album. Yes. Um, and then there's the, the Ludo narrative this sort of song. Let's go to my direction. Will you stop that? <laughs> I will you're, never stop that. You're just doing it to get my goat now. I mean, Look, I think she's been doing it to get your goat this whole time. Do you have do you have a better term for when the music is doing something completely opposite to the lyrics? Also, do you actually have goats? Uh there are goats that like mow the hillside near my house. Ooh, nice. Yeah. We're California, we're hippies, so rather than pay someone to mow, people just set their goats loose on the hillside for the city to let them graze.
My Direction is a, it's a lot more of a like sort of like 80s, 90s punk, like very fast song. Yeah. Huh? It's very, like it sounds very fun. It's like very fast, very fun. And then you yeah. realize that it's about suicide stats mm, and like yeah, suicide in teenagers. And it's like, that, oh uh-huh, no. Yeah. They literally, they take a, a moment in the song to literally turn to the camera and go, in the last 30 years, teenage suicide has increased. I think it's 30% in North 300. America. 300%. 300% in North America is the second major cause of death in Canada. Yep. That's what they say. Yeah, see, yep. this stuff is like why I say, I don't know if what, this is definitely distinct. This is definitely trying for something. I don't know if it works. <laughs> I don't know if this is like a, like, this is, sounds good. This is like a fun punk song. But I don't know if deciding to make this about like suicide works in any way. <laughs> yeah, I think they should, they could have probably used a different melody because it is, as you say, literally. It's a good, fun song, very upbeat. Uh, you can you can dance to it, and then they they do the thing where they turn to the camera and go. By the way, suicide is bad, and you're like, oh. We're not exaggerating. It's a straight up spoken word bit in the center of the song, while the guitar is still going. It's not like they're just yelling it out in the same way. It's just a degeneration, childhood frustration. Over the past 30 years, teenage suicide has increased 300% in North America. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so yeah. I mean, exactly as it sounds. Points to the thing they said about, oh, we're adults now. We've got to know stuff about stuff. I think they were like, well, if we make the song really catchy, we'll help raise awareness about this issue. Um, whether or not that was successful or smart, <laughs> but I think that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, it's, it's admirable of them to try and raise awareness of that in that way. Was it a good idea? Hmm. Mm. Well-intentioned stepping on a rake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we go to another video still waiting. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. This one starts with a skit. Yeah, this is like the the fun video where the producer is like, there's some 41 shit, it's old hat, now you're the the sums. I'm not gonna lie. It starts out as a good joke, it just goes on a little too long. Yeah, it, it needs to be way shorter, way snappier. Everything these days is the, the strokes, the hives, that you're the sums now. That's a good bit. Mm. And then when we start going... And you're going to start smoking, and you're going to have a drug problem, and just keep going on and on. That's when it crumbs to a halt. I did enjoy uh, Your Name is Sven now. That was a good bit. <laughs> yes, that was another good burn at the hives. Yeah. And if you weren't cognizant of the music media and things at this time, there really was a giant push in a lot of magazines like Spin, Rolling Stone, etc. to go, 
hey, Rock's not dead. It turns out white boys can still lift a guitar and they don't have to be mimicking Blink-182. So there was a giant rush to say the Strokes, the Hives, the Jets, all of these people were going to be the next big thing. And um, that didn't go so well. Yeah, the in retrospect, people being very, very up for Jet was like a mistake. <laughs> I don't know who any of those bands are. Oh my are. god, I forgot. I forgot Jet was their name and not the Jets. No, it's Jets. Jets. (laughs) Wow. I mean, the Strokes strokes were really good. The Hives were acceptable. Jet was... No. They had one song. Yeah. Look, they asked the question and eventually I answered. They had one song that was used in about like 40,000 Apple commercials. So that tells Mm. you everything that you need to know about them. What was it? Are you gonna be my girl? Oh, that thing. Uh huh. Are you gonna be my girl? Oh. Answer no. No. Also, they did have uh, "Look What You've Done," their second song, which had a very good video of a bunch of cartoon animals murdering each other to rock songs. Oh, I don't. I don't Nobody remember remembers that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly sounds. So they weren't just a one-hit wonder, they were a 1.5-hit wonder. Mm, Important distinction. I don't think I've ever heard that of a song. (laughs) Anyhow, we were talking about Still Waiting. The video exists. It's a 9-11 song, apparently. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we're going to be witnessing a lot of those in this podcast. We've witnessed the 9-11 band, My Chemical Romance. I think, yeah, that's sort of it. The best part of this is that so many of these tracks are pretty good little jam songs, except then someone or other has to come out later in an interview go, you see, the actual thing is we wanted to make sure you knew alcoholism is a problem that needs to be nipped at the bud. And then all of a sudden you can't hear the song and it's like, Oh, I thought this was just about we got too popular too fast. See, they they're they're definitely getting lots of those um, misshapen, drawn in MS Paint. Uh, you tried gold stars. Yeah, this is the John Stewart's Daily Show of pop punk. <laughs> oh no! It's the first person to get that award, but it won't be the last because American Idiot is coming up. <laughs> You're going oh, to wow. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. I don't want to think about that. I know of a great album. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> I already dislike Green Day. They're not my jam, but I don't want to, re- to talk about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, if we ignore the fact that this is about 9-11, this is an interesting pop-punk song with a harder edge. It's like, it has like a riff that almost feels like sort of metal-y on the song. Mm. And yeah, it's fun. Uh, I sort of have the impression that the chorus on all of this song is just the same, but it's not a bad chorus, so I'm fine. No, I have a fun story about this song, actually. Oh, well. Go on. So... Um, I've seen Sum 41 live exactly three times. 
The second time I ever saw them, they played at a metal festival that doesn't exist anymore. Um, it's called Sonosphere. This was in 2011. Um, Psalm 41 ran way, way over fucking time. They knew. Uh, they literally said, we're over time, but fuck it, we're going to play one more. They got halfway through the song, and Sonosphere killed the uh, electricity to the stage. Nice! <laughs> so I got to hear a very distant acoustic version of the second half of Still Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to see they grew up real fast in uh, nine years since this. Uh, that would have been, let's see, 2002 to 2011. That's 11. Yeah. It would have been about 30. About, yeah. Imagine being 30-year-old Sum 41 and thinking that you can still flaunt the rules. Yes, Honest Fear was having none of that. We're still the biggest band at this show. It was oh. very... No, they weren't because they they played, like, after Metallica. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Okay. That was, like, the day after. They were the headline on the first day. Amazing. Hey, do we want to spend five seconds on the next track? What is the next track again? A-N-I-C. You look like Andy's fellowship to why he's such a dick. You walk around and get attention to us, make me sick. Rock for Rikini. Rock catastrophe. You look like Andy's fellowship to why he's such a dick. You walk around and get attention to us, make me sick. Rock for Rikini. Rock catastrophe. You're an asshole. You're an Yeah, please someone explain to me this. Oh, I don't God. know who this person is that they hate. Do you? Would you like me to explain what it is? Because it's very petty and very childish. I can go there if you want. Okay, please, please take turn explaining this. Uh, we're going to start with Alexandra and then we can get civil explanation and then me and Adam will vote on which one we prefer. All right. Okay. So basically, A-N-I-C... <laughs> ANIC stands for Anna Nicole Smith is a fucking cunt. Um, Anna Nicole Smith was a Houston-based stripper who married an oil baron. Um, and the oil baron died. They got married, obviously, before. Um, and Anna Nicole Smith got a lot of money. And this was like a big thing. In the early 2000s, that was, like, highly popularized. Um, and she she was all over the media. And basically, Sum 41 jumped on the bandwagon and, like, fuck Anna Nicole Smith. And um, since she died, they've had to kind of stop playing the song altogether. Fun. Yeah. To, um, to give a little more context to this, Anna Nicole Smith was like the Osbournes, one of the first wave of follow a celebrity around with a camera reality shows, except instead of being on MTV, the cool hip network, Anna Nicole's show was on E! Entertainment Television, which was always a very paparazzi, trashy style network. And her life in the spotlight did not go well because she became a laughingstock of paparazzi. She uh her 
physique was not what you would call conventionally attractive by the time the camera showed up because she had been caring for an old man for years. And uh, she would eventually overdose and die relatively young with the fame and money and power that all of the money gave her. Wow, that is really fucking dark. Yep. Yep. So, you know, this is a track that really didn't need to exist. They don't play this anymore. <laughs> they don't play this anymore. I, I I agree with the choice for not playing this anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, this is very short. It's very punk, but it's also, like, apparently horrifying, so... It's no. basically this album's version of, um... A Donut Dan or something similar. Just targeted. N- never, never mm-hmm. wake up from the previous album, which was basically just, like, 30 seconds. Okay, we're done moving mm-hmm. on. Oh, I thought you meant in terms of fence. No, no, I was talking about musically, but yeah, sure. Mm. <laughs> it's got a no brains. No brains, head empty. Can't step in my way. Head first and you love and dismay. It's like beating a day. I got the talent and I can't stop going out of my head. Whatever this could be, I never know. I never said it'd be the end of the bill. I hate you today. I can't find a way. This is this is the you know halfway through the record I sort of run out of things to say so I start writing things. This sounds like the song some big mid carder dude who's sort of underrated would have an entrance to in WWE and eventually get a comedy gimmick and not use the song anymore. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, this is this is very like heavy sort of like bat rock guitars, sort of super bad but in a pleasant way. Yeah. This is the first track that dragged for me, which is kind of wild, because it's only 2.46. Yeah. I think this is where uh, the album starts to kind of lose a little bit of steam right here. Um, I remember, like, if I, if I had a song from this album come up, this one I would skip sometimes, which was an indictment for, <laughs> for me when I was, like, 15. Yeah, they, again, they, this is the point where it both starts getting a bit samey and they both start trying like different things, which is a weird thing to say. Uh, because the chorus is very much, you know, the same kind of melodic chorus they've been doing so far. But also you've, get, you've also start getting this weird tiny breakdowns, which they'll come again in Mr. Amsterdam, which are different. And I'm not sure how much they work, but... Mm. Anyhow, this is a 30-minute record that's probably too long. Thank you, Sam41. <laughs> <laughs> They're all about the math. How many things do you have to subtract before you get to a good record? We'll wait. It's not the best song on the album. It's it's there. Uh, but it's not the last track. <laughs> it's weirdly, this song is one of the al- uh, songs from this album they chose to do an acoustic version of for the next album. What? Uh, yeah, I will never understand that decision. Um. Hmm. It's kind of, I would say, it kind of almost improves the song a little bit, but I need to eh. search for it now. I don't, I don't understand that. Oh, also, we're at two weeks in a row without a ballad, so hooray! 
Yeah. What what is the, what are we doing next week? Crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, next week is a mystery meat album because it's Love by the Juliana Theory. Wow, I don't know what that is at all. No. <laughs> mystery meat time. Oh boy. Uh, I'm gonna go on a limb and say the Dead Record has a ballad on it, though. Probably. It's called Love. Ha 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 ha. Eh, eventually we'll get to three and then the curse will be broken. Never. <laughs> I won't let it happen. You don't even know what the curse is. I'm pro-curse. I've got some bad news for you guys about Sum 41's next album with regards oh, to ballads. Oh no. There may be more, there may be more than one. Oh. They took them from this album and put them on that album. Good for them. Wow. I'm pro ballad and pro curse. Okay. How, how can you be pro ballad? We never had a good ballad on this podcast ever. And uh, the ballads off the next album was the song that was popular as well. Oh no. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm gonna get really angry at this record, aren't I? <laughs> um, the acoustic version of that I'm listening to it right now—it's really weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's good, but it's really weird. I appreciate the weirdness. Yeah. Oh my god, I just looked at the next album and boy, there's a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't burn cast. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's talk about all messed up. <laughs> Damn, the lineup for the next album has us all messed up. <laughs> Some 41 killed Sybil. Keep keep going, I'll recover. So you know what you, you, it's good to have in your serious record about serious topic? A song about how fucking high you are. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Listen, they're still rock stars, they still do drugs. This also is the most uh, Blink-182 song on oh, the yeah. album, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. I I wanted this song to be half that le the length, honestly. This sort of drugs, like this is not, this yeah. doesn't sound like a song meant to be three minutes. This this would be a really sweet, like one minute, minute and a half song. Minute yeah. and a half, yeah. If they yeah. cut it in half, if it's like a minute 30, it's probably done by about that point. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it, it, it's not horrible. It's just like, oh, this would be, I would be super pro this track if it was shorter. And right now I'm just like, eh, this is fine. This is one of my bottom three. This also gets into yet another case of... YouTube thinks weird things about me based on what I am listening to for the show. <laughs> this time, they gave me ads for TikTok, as in the app. <laughs> Which, Damn. as far as I can tell, means that they think I am a young Zoomer who is trying to recapture my childhood by listening to early Sum 41. And maybe if I still want to feel hip, I should go on that other app. I am really confused by the idea of an ad for TikTok. Like, TikTok is big enough right now that anyone who would enjoy TikTok 
already has a TikTok. Yeah, it's probably already on it, yeah. And yeah. anyone who needs an ad for TikTok is really not the audience for TikTok. <laughs> Even funnier, it was saying I should up my cardio game on TikTok. What? <laughs> you know, TikTok, where you go for healthy weightlifting advice. Yeah. Do all the TikTok dances to, like, stay fit? Like, what? I mean... Uh. Uh, I only watched I mean, five seconds of it. There's our ending <laughs> joke, I guess. What? That we should start the TikTok dance? We no. don't have a TikTok, but we will teach you how to do the Sum 41 action figure dance on there. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know what TikTok... I don't even know why TikTok... I don't understand TikTok. It's basically like, what if, what if Vine had kept going way past when it was meant to? I get TikTok when it's like, okay, this is a joke. Like, there, someone is making a joke and it's funny. I don't get TikTok dances. Which is just like 20 seconds of like, a sort of stationary dance. <laughs> because they're all like free. I don't get why those are popular, but then again, I'm 30. <laughs> so, that is, not, <laughs> that is not for me. I also don't get it. And I'm theoretically in the age range that's supposed to be on TikTok. Um... But I also live under a rock, so. You do have big goth vibes. Wait, you're <laughs> Patrick from SpongeBob? Um, no, I'm goth Patrick, as Sybil just. I want you to know that I have all the spookiest friends down here. Did I do that voice right? That was pretty good. Hooray! And then we go to Mr. Amsterdam, for which my only note is Tiny Breakdown, Tiny Breakdown. Mm -hmm. Because this song has a tiny breakdown in it. Yeah. I'd actually say uh, Mr. Amsterdam is a, uh, a good uh, example of what they kind of lean towards for the next album. Sweet. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. This is in my top three for the record. I can't remember this one. <laughs> This is the one where they shout a lot. I ask my brain for the audio for this one, and it gives me an Imagine Dragons song. Um. Oh. oh. <laughs> your, your brain uh, hates you. No, this is uh, Sum 41 doing Metal Gear Solid 2. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this revelation's got no meaning. We've lost it all in hopeless grieving. Am I just losing blit grip? Paint it black and just forget me. This world's a sinking ship because our baggage is too heavy. The whole thing is about technology moving on past us and, like, are we prisoners to our own creation? Uh, and it's also the guitarist is thrashing at different parts in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The tracks work better when there are less vocals and allowing more solos. More guitar. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> this is the one where that really clicked for me. But I also went, the vocals are getting better. 
the lyrics are definitely getting better. You could not have gotten this out of this band last time. No. This is a jam. And hearing that this is where they go has me really excited. This is totally the direction they head in way more. I am still a bit stunned with you going with Metal Gear Solid 2 and not with like 21st century digital boy on this. (laughs) Well, it's 2002. Yeah, it's 2002. You gotta gotta do the the 2000s reference to Metal Gear Solid 2. That is Makes total sense. But I would have definitely said that this song is sort of trying to like be more metalish, but also like has that kind of bad religion feel, which I think mm. part of this record has, where as they try to be more serious, so I mean that could be part of why I like this track. You're not wrong with that comparison. After giving it a re-listen, um I like it. It's fun. The guitar is nice. The guitar is very nice. The only issue that I have with a lot of this record is that a lot of the melodies, both in terms of guitars and song and singing, there's a lot of things that just sound like still waiting. <laughs> 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 it's just like slightly variations of the same melody, which is, you know, it's oh funny. Boy. Wait till you, what till you get to uh, Underclass Hero. Oh. If that's an issue for you. <laughs> the title just makes me think of Easily my worst college professor, which would have been around the time of this album, come to think of it. Have I ever told that story about uh, Mrs. Amsterdam? I don't. Not while I was here, I don't think. Is, is this the college professor sir, that put on Green Day and told you that it was about how drugs are bad? No. Uh, this was a cross-cultural psych professor whose first class was all of us walking into a darkened room where hardcore pornography played for the entire period as she kicked up her feet on her desk for a period. And then, when I came back later in the week for the second set of that class, she just said that anyone who had dropped was probably too bushy and Republican for her taste, and she just did that to weed them out so she didn't have to deal with it all semester. Isn't that legal? That sounds highly illegal. (laughs) Here's the thing, if you don't say it out loud around those people or anyone who complains, you're probably fine. But yeah, it's very illegal if you just start outright saying that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. On the other hand, the reason that I think of her as Mrs. Amsterdam is that she was very fond of telling us how they've got it right over there and weed is legal and you could just hire a hooker and <laughs> it's like, why are you not there? <laughs> Everything. Wow. Everything came back to Amsterdam. Oh, 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 now I remember the story because I thought that was the Sibyl origin story. Um. (laughs) (laughs) It's not wrong. Uh, Now let's go for some more rapping. And thanks for nothing. In this one, they sort of rap, and I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't know if that's ever a good idea for any, like, pop-punk band to do. The opening of the track sounds like the 
quiet bit at the start of Lit's completely miserable. No, 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 no. Another, another Lit ripoff. Yep. That's two on this album. I mean, do we like them or Lit more, though? I think the problem is that Lit stopped trying, so someone had to take up the mantle. Well, they did start trying again. They're now successful country singers. Oh my god, no, wait, what? That's yeah. real. Are you serious? What? Yeah, they are they are literally country award winners now. Holy fucking shit. Also, they killed the homeless dude. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> there was that too. <laughs> and the laughing stopped. See, this is why I'm like, do we like some 41 or lit better? Because like, I'm still leaning towards some 41 personally. As far as I know, some 41 hasn't killed anybody and and then have a country career which are both big pluses for me yeah they they still do <laughs> rock music so i don't i don't particularly like this song i'm just gonna come out and say it i think this is one of the the worst wor- one of the worst songs on the on the album it has the pseudo rap on it which worked on sort of fat lip because fat lip was meant to Fat Lip was meant to be, like, fun. This is not meant to be that fun, and it doesn't really work. It it sounds like, I don't know, the chorus starts some sort of linking parky in a way that doesn't really fit some 41. Unsurprisingly, I liked this song. Oh, <laughs> do tell. What did you like about it? Let's, let's hear it. It sounds a little bit like Linkin Park. I have complicated feelings about this one because if you'd played this for me at the time when I was in college, I would have been very anti-intellectual thoughts from rock stars. How dare they say these things? But oh, you were British in college. <laughs> you would not believe what I would do to get laid. However, (laughs) that said, uh, there's this bit where now older me goes, you know, I don't think they have incorrect points on this. I just think they're two wrongs made a right because their logic is terrible. What is this song about lyrically? Uh, they, they'll never have a normal job or go to college or, like, fit into the man system. However, they'll never waste time on further education. Yeah. Uh, I can't take part in the businessman illusion. Uh, no patience. This nation's obsessed with exploitation. It, it, if you had a little more thought behind that logic, this could be an actual good protest song or some kind of anthem, but... It's just, man, I'm not square. I don't fit in your box. Yeah, it's literally just a fuck the man song. That's it. Sounds gay. (laughs) Have you ever heard the Lonely Islands threw it on the ground? That's this song. Yeah. (laughs) We can go to the next song, which is Hyper Insomnia Paracondroid. Go on and on, then I just feel helpless. 
this is the title that had me the most on edge, but the song ain't bad. From this point on, I love this record again. This this song might be maybe my favorite song on the record. It just sounds nice. It's like very loud, very alt-rocky. It has a lot of shouting. It almost sounds a bit like uh, less like with a like a way damber Thursday. <laughs> I don't know, I enjoy how just like aggressive and like loud the song is. I don't know if this beat's still waiting, which just has a killer chorus, but I really like the song. Same. Also, isn't a much dumber Thursday just Friday? <laughs> Boo. Ooh, some people will argue that was that would be Wednesday, I think. I don't know, I definitely half-ass it a lot more on a Friday. True. Although I do enjoy Friday more than I do Thursday, but there you go. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. There you go. Rebecca Black said it best. Mm -hmm. Now, extremely relevant hyperpop artist Rebecca Black. I don't know what the youngs are up to. <laughs> that was a twist you never saw going. Yeah. Anyone else? Thoughts on the song? I think I'm, this is what I have to say. I, I really enjoy this just because it's very loud and very aggressive. Quick and it slaps. It's good. Adam? Sorry, there was someone banging on a wall. What? <laughs> like banging or banging? Yeah, like they were slapping the wall. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Look, it's, it's college. Could be either one. Yeah, but it distracted me, so I don't know what was just said. Sorry. Oh, we were talking about hyperinsomnia parachondroid. Oh, yes. Um, it's not my favorite on the album, but it's not bad. Hmm. I like the guitar. The chorus is once again very Linkin Parky, but uh, this time it fits more, just because the whole song is like very, very in your face, very aggressive. go to Billy's Clean, which has, you know, Metallica's intro, and then I don't have any more notes on it. The last two songs are always the songs where I get too lazy to take notes. Um, <laughs> talk to me about Billy's Clean. This is just out of my top three. Uh, just all the tracks at the end are bad titles and solid songs. <laughs> it's emotional outburst rock, and it's a jam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the first album, there was a problem where they would only write about five lyrics and repeat them a bunch. At this point, we have learned if you vary it a little, it doesn't sound as repetitive. And then if you cycle back to the first verse, it's cyclical. You sound like you're better at songwriting. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> it does they've, add a lot, though. They've learned a songwriting technique. Well done. <laughs> Wish that was me. <laughs> <laughs> you too can be Billy Spleen. 
Yeah, listening listening to some forty one record is like seeing the the little pop punker grow up into real people. Also, let's just play my favorite game again. What do you think someone who listened to Does This Look Infected for ten years and nothing else would turn out like? Isn't that just Alexandra? Oh god. I was about to make the same joke, but thank you for making it for me. <laughs> well there we go. Mm-hmm. Yay! We did it. We did it. <laughs> it is incredibly funny that in this back chunk, there were no interviews where people are asking, what's Billy's spleen about? And no one's like, <laughs> well, you see, it's actually about the over-medication of Prozac in the youth, and we feel like no one even tried with these tracks, and I think that helps. It's sort of like how Saturday Night Live is terrible, but at the end of the show, when they expect most people have fallen asleep, is where everyone gets to bring out the weird material that makes the writers laugh, and maybe not anyone else. This is the the weird 1255 skit. I, no one who's not American watches... I'm, I'm sorry to break this to you, but that's just an American thing, and we've just alienated anyone who's not American, including me. I understood what they meant. I mean, I also don't watch Saturday Night Live. There was a period where YouTube decided that for some reason, and I think because I watched some Lonely Island-like videos, it was going to recommend me only Saturday Night Live skits. And because I have very poor impulse control, I start, I kept clicking on them and being very confused about how this is like the biggest comedy show in America. Because it's, wow, it's not funny. <laughs> Inertia. Doesn't doesn't even, like, get close to, like, a lot of those jokes are just like, what? What? Why? What is this? That's how I feel about it, too. Anyhow, let's talk about Turner. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted Fuck to know if that joke you. would land. I wanted to know if that joke would land. <laughs> it's hooch. Track 12 is Hooch. Went over uh, my head. Turner and Hooch is a thing about... Uh, Isn't that the Tom Hanks dog thing? Yeah. Tom Hanks is a cop, and there's a dog, and he has to murder the dog at the end to save a child. Oh, well, that sounds fucked up. Um, We don't have time to unpack all that. <laughs> like the odd pairing of Tom Hanks and a homeless man's dog to solve a murder mystery, Hooch is a weak closer that mixes a P.O.D. track with an Alice in Chains breakdown as a finale. Oh, you went with P.O.D.? I mostly said that that guitar gives me Limb Biscuit vibes. I don't know which one is worse. Oh no, it's very much boom! Here comes the boom! It's the mm. same chorus. Mm. Yeah, that is also fair. Um, I guess I, I was on to Limp Bizkit because of how much they like rap on this record. 
Yeah. POD are a local band, so uh, I have to deal with their weird Christian concerts occasionally showing up at venues I might go to. Ah, fun. That's unfortunate. Yep. So, Cal problems. (laughs) See, I just don't go to any events ever, so I don't run into these bands. You never encounter a band just like a metalcore band just playing in a field while you're take, trying to take botanical samples? If that happened, I would suspect that I had taken a wrong turn in Silent Hill, perhaps? <laughs> I mean, that, that that was a trope at the time, like the metalcore video of a band playing in a field, like everyone did it. <laughs> it was always poppies, they were always European, and it was a tribute to our fallen veterans. Yeah, no, I'm not going to any poppy fields. I'm specifically studying CSS. <laughs> My teacher would yell at me otherwise. The, the, the web design thing? Thing? Uh, California sage scrub. Oh, okay. Different kind of CSS. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm an expert in CBT. <laughs> Thumbs up. I, I think yep. we're done with this record. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. I like Hooch. It's just a very weird mix. Are there any bonus tracks that I haven't listened to? Uh, I mean, there sure as heck are two bonus tracks on this album. Ah, okay, talk to us about it because... Yeah, not on YouTube, there aren't. Yeah, on Spotify. My Spotify is just playing The Middle now by Jimmy Edward, which thank you, Transong. I appreciate it. Um, I think I heard them on YouTube. I did not. Mine stopped at Hooch. The bonus songs are Rain in Pain, Heavy Metal Jamboree, and World War 7 Parts 1 and 2. Oh, this is them doing the the, the heavy metal parody again. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I don't know how much there's to say. They're like them doing the heavy metal parody again. They got better at it. They certainly did improve on the whole pain for pleasure thing that they really loved doing around this era and then promptly dropped after this album was over. Here's an interesting thing I'm noticing. Wibbly is the one who has writer credit on every track, occasionally with help. These two bonus tracks do not have him and are just the other bandmates. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Strange. Maybe maybe he wasn't as into the stuff as the other bandmates were. Who knows? It's just Interesting that they exiled all of the non-Wibbly tracks. Oh, that's my favorite magic card effect. Exile, target, non-Wibbly track. Um... So this record, I still don't know if I like it. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I'm pro. I think there are a couple of songs that I like fully am behind, and some other song which are like, 
I don't know. I don't know if um, I don't know if they fully come with me. It's definitely I definitely appreciate it because it's distinct, it's different, and it's definitely different from what they did before. And I'm not really sure if they're really good at doing the things that are trying for, or doing the heavier stuff, or doing the darker stuff. But they're trying, and that must count for something. Um, <laughs> I like a couple of. I, I think overall, if I had to give it this rating, this is my. I'm not quite sure, but sure rating, which is three out of five. This is good. This is fine. This is a solid rating for this album. Yeah, it's not. I have n nothing on this record aside from that one song that we'll not discuss again. Um, it's awful or anything. It's just like, you know, I don't know how much it really falls on my enjoyment charts, which is weird. I've listened to this like four times and I'm still like, hmm, how much do I actually like this? S solid four out of five for me. Mm. Yeah, four. Yeah. Same Zs. That's that's about where it sits for me as well. Um, I if I if someone asked me like which which of the which of their albums is your favorite one, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say this one. I'd probably put this in like the bottom sort of middle bracket. Uh, I definitely feel like the album they do after this is like way way better because they lean way more into um, heavy metal influences. Um, and I feel it's just better musically and sonically as well. Funny thing is that I actually forgot to mention earlier on um, is that um, Derek Wibley has gone on record actually saying, uh, I've always, always hated the way this album sounds. I hated it in the studio and it still bothers me. The demo I made myself at home sounded better than the final mix. So... Hmm. I don't... I. I could see why he said that, just on an aesthetical standpoint, because this is very produced. It's a little muddy, yeah. I feel. I think it's a little bit muddier than, than it than it could be. Um, I, I, I won't necessarily be that critical of it, but I understand where mm. it comes from. Uh, also, it's interesting because from what I was reading on Rate Your Music, apparently every a lot of people like straight up hate the next record, so it's going to be very interesting. Seems like a very polarizing. Like, yeah, it was produce. really, really different. I think because a lot of people were maybe expecting something, I guess, closer to this or or killer no filler, but they just straight up went for they dropped the pretense and just straight up went for metal. Basically, uh, I really, really like that uh, album a lot. It's gonna hmm. be really interesting when we get there. Same song, different chorus. So this was the episode. Thanks for uh, listening to us. Website is getoutofthistown.com. You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. You can Twitter us at G-G-O-O-T-T podcast. Please Twitter us. We're lonely. You can find us on whatever, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. If you're, if you're on iTunes, if you're on Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it now, rate and review us. It's good. You help us. It, it's, it's nice. We're happy when you do that. And do you have anything to plug, Sybil? You can find me and all the bad records I own and listen to at hellscaper.com. Do you have anything to plug, Alexandra? 
uh, I always, yeah, I would be remiss to come on another podcast and not mention again. I do my own podcast um, about Flash animations from the early 2000s. It's called Flash in the Pan, and you can find... Oh, yeah, I have heard of your show. Oh, nice. You can find all, haha, 69 episodes at (laughs) flashinthepancast.com. Um, I am on Twitter at DEX01, and you can find like absolutely everything that I do um, video-wise, music-wise, if you go to alexvalentine.card.co. And do you have anything to plug, Adam? Nope. And as always, you can find me at ACC the Moon on Twitter, and we do not have a Patreon, but Whatever is the next episode, please send us money for my medical bill because I don't think I will go get out of it sane. Um, <laughs> bye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. You told people Can to I... stop sending us money. They did that once. All oh, right, that was bad. So don't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> bye. See ya. Bye. Go freak out everyone, no reason, who knows why What's on your mind? Not like I've got the time to stick around I'll catch my flight like a pop pocket and get out of this town What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down Let's terrify